We thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. We thank you for not just your indwelling presence, but that you dwell amongst us. Thank you, Lord. But we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. We give you permission to have your way, to speak to us, Lord. Give us ears to hear what you're saying. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Does that sound coming through okay? It sounds echoey to me, but... Maybe if I don't make that sound, it'll be fine. Hey, uh, we are uh, kind of launching a new series. It is our vision series. Um, If you've maybe been part of churches before, you might see and this kind of title and it's uh, I, I, I just want you to know it's not like a, a G up uh, kind of rev you up type thing it's it's really we just feel like we, as we've been sitting with the Lord as we've been discussing as a team um, God has a plan God has a vision uh, God has purposes for us not just individually and we really value that that everyone would be activated and operating in the calling of God on their life. But he also, as he calls us together as a family, he puts a a kind of corporate vision upon us, a calling upon us as a community that uh, we need to kind of partner in uh, together on. So as we've been kind of just piecing things together, uh, we wanted to spend some time over the next few weeks just actually sharing some of the things that we feel like God is intentionally leading us into. Uh, Then we thought, well, maybe it's good just to look at where we've been so far, the journey of, of this church community uh, in the last 14 years. So this is the fifth, we've just entered into the 15th year as a church, which is crazy. Um, that was a half a clap. <laughs> we survived 14 years. Uh, but it is kind of crazy to think, um, not when I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, no, it's definitely been 14 years. Um, but, uh, but the time has flown as it does. So we did, uh, the church started in 2010 uh, with seven people uh, out of Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. And uh, the only original surviving ones are Lisa and I and Andrew and Kat. Where's Andrew? Andrew was on drums uh, today. And uh, so, yeah, but the first week we ever gathered kind of opened up a, a Sunday gathering. Amy uh, came along. So she was our first convert, paradox convert. Not to Jesus, just to, uh, just to us. And again, very thankful for all the, all the people that God has brought uh, into our community over the years. It's been good. So when we planted... Really, we came in with this desire just to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. Whatever God wanted, we were like, we'll be that experiment that God can just use us in whatever way. So we kind of came in without too many plans, apart from just a desire to really just to be obedient to the presence of God, to love our city that we were in, in the city of Quinana, that's where we started, and to, to proclaim the good news of God's kingdom to the people around us. And so we spent a lot of time in our community. Um, we never really set out to build a big church. That wasn't the vision, just to kind of pack people into a building on a Sunday, uh, to the point where we were really bad at advertising ourselves. Uh, I think it was maybe three years ago, uh, we, we, this is the first time we got a sign-up. That, uh, that, uh, and so in all, the, in all the history, we just, I don't know why, 
maybe this wasn't a priority for us, but, uh, but you know, we just weren't, we weren't kind of pumping to try. And we just wanted to love our city. We wanted to live as missionaries in the place that we're in. And we, we just wanted to see what God would do with a group of people that were fully yielded to him and just followed his leading. You know, we met in, uh, in homes. We met in a little shop front in the town of Medina, in the suburb of Medina. We met at the local primary school in Medina as kind of as relationships and doors opened there and, uh, and just packing our little group of people. Um, six months into planting Paradox, I uh, received a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and that was wonderful. You've probably heard me share that story many times. But, uh, but this encounter with God was incredibly significant for me personally. Uh, and it opened up my eyes to God's kingdom in a whole new way. So I knew it conceptually and it brought this tangible reality to me. And the week after that, God led me to meditate on Isaiah 58. And I would like to, to read that for you now. I know uh, up at Mizpah, it's certainly been something that's been on the heart of, of the team up there. And it's, it's been a word that's carried us as a church for a long time. Uh, but I'm just going to read, starting from verse 6. So this is where uh, God is speaking and saying, um, you're fasting in this way. But, but when you're fasting, like you're, you're being bitter, you're oppressing people, you're, you're doing all these things. And God's like, this is the fast that I desire for you. And, and a lot of it's not to do with eating. It's a lot of it's to do with actually the outworking as you uh, remove particular things from your life. This is how I want you to live. And this particular focus that God has. Isaiah 58 verse 6, it says, Is this not the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking of wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. There's a price that you pay in serving the broken. In my experience, you don't often receive a lot of thanks. You don't often even see a lot of change necessarily in people. And people, even if they might have a radical encounter with God, they don't necessarily stick around and become kind of helpful contributors to the church. It's a lot of outpouring and not a lot of infilling. One beautiful thing that it does is to align your heart with the heart of God. And to connect you with the heart of God. God loves in a very unfamiliar way to what we're used to. And I think even as the church, we've been taught to, you know, it's all about KPIs. It's all about you do this to get this kind of return. And it's very strategic in that way. And, and God brings this word and he's like, no, no, no. 
you think if you do this, you're going to get this outcome. But God's like, how about you just go and do this? Just go and love the broken and the poor, and I will take care of all of those other things. Same Matthew 6.33, seek first my kingdom and righteousness, and all of those needs will be, don't go chasing after. What am I going to wear? What do I need? What, what provision can I have? God's like, hey, just, just focus on my kingdom and my righteousness, and I'll provide all of those things. So God led us through this word to continue to serve the poor and the broken in our city. When we care for the least of these, God cares for all of our needs. But it's hard. When you're planting a new church, there's eight of you. You're in a city with incredible amounts of brokenness. You still carry with you this sense of you've just been sent out and you're planting this church and weeks in and months in, it's just the same small group of people trying to figure it out. And you're serving, you're outputting and you're really not getting a lot in return. But I'm thankful when God speaks those things, when he gives you a word, because that's what gives you the endurance to, to go through those hard, lean times. You know, we spent a lot of time serving the broken and oppressed in our city. We saw demons cast out of people. We saw people baptized. We saw lots of practical needs met. I would, I would mow people's lawns. I would sit in um, where people would be squatting. I remember sitting in a, in a little unit, no power on, um, in this place, it was night time, probably wasn't a wise place for me to be, uh, but two, uh, yeah, two guys in there, a father and a son, and, uh, and he was sharing his story of, of how, um, or there were kids in the room, of, how, of the reason why he spent a long time in jail, and it was for, for murder, and, uh, and I'm sitting in a pitch black, I think there was maybe like a candle or something, uh, there was some, uh, they were smoking wacky tobacco, and I'm trying not to get, you know, <laughs> Secondhand smoke and things like this, just what you do for the Lord. And, uh, and, and uh, I'm, part of me is petrified, the other part's trusting in, in, in God. And, and, but it's this guy's, you know, crying his eyes out, and I get to pray for them and minister to them. But that was kind of what my life looked like. Um, I'd spend time at the pub, just meeting and connecting with people, doing my sermon prep up at the bar and things like that, just to really just immerse myself in, in the people. That's what it was, it was all about the people. No. Um, but that was, that was my community. That was the people that were there, lots of brokenness. Um, but pretty soon, I realized that we needed more than what we had kind of been trained in previously. I think we've got a photo there of a Christmas breakfast that we, uh, that we did in our first year. So the first one year in, we served 180 people uh, breakfast. And our church by that time of year in was maybe 12 people. Uh, and, and God provided spectacularly and, and brought in the people, and, uh, and it was wonderful and glorious uh, meeting some of the needs uh, in our city. But, uh, but we realized even out of doing that, it's like we're, not, we're doing what God has called us to do, but we're not seeing the fruitfulness even in changed hearts and changed lives. So we, we knew we needed more than just a, a salvation prayer or, or handing out some food. People had barriers inside of them that prevented them from stepping into the fullness that God had for them. And that's why we were there. We wanted to see that transformation in people's lives. We wanted to see abundant life being poured out. I was introduced to Elijah House Ministries by a friend that I used to minister with in Quinana. And after receiving some ministry myself, we hosted a school and, and we started to realize, I think these are some of the keys that God has for us to see real breakthrough in people to see actual significance, to get down to actually what is the root that's causing all of this dysfunction and brokenness in our community. 
In 2011, uh, a bunch of us were at a conference up at uh, Churchlands Christian Fellowship, and uh, I got called out by a visiting speaker, uh, a prophetic guy named Bob Hazlett. Uh, and he shared a powerful word that was not just for me, but it was for um, this new little church that God had birthed. So we were probably 18 months in, and, uh, and it confirmed so much of what God had already been speaking. I often say I think the best prophetic words to receive are confirmation, not revelation. Um, we want to be hearing, you know, God speaks to all of us, God speaks to you. Sometimes we need some clarity in our hearing, but he's speaking, and, and it's great when we actually get these words. It's like, okay, yes, Lord, you want us to continue on, because, and again, I think sometimes God speaks prophetic words because he knows you're going to go through a wilderness. When God says, I'm going to provide for you, the chances are you're going to go through a season of lack. Because he's given you the word beforehand, so you hold on to his word to carry you through that time. And, and we'd had lots of these words, but we didn't have the, the kind, we weren't seeing the fruit, so knowing we needed to hold on. And uh, I just wanted to play actually that prophetic word uh, for you now, just to hear um, some of what God had really confirmed in this word. And it's been something that's carried on, and we've seen uh, a lot of the answers to, to this word. But this is a guy who knew nothing of me, he was just prophesying over people, just called me out and started speaking this word. So it's, it's a little bit long, but I'm giving you keys, son. I'm giving you keys to a building. And I hear the Lord say that it's like you're not going to be like the, the children of Israel wandering around in the wilderness anymore. You're not going to go just because now the cloud's moving, let's move. Now the cloud's moving, let's move. But I see you like going from place to place, but I hear the Lord say, I'm going to give you keys. I'm going to give you keys to a building. And there's come an anointing where even when I brought people into the land, they weren't renters anymore. They were owners. And I don't, I'm going to give you anointing not just to rent, but I'm going to give you anointing to own. I see you like having to set up and tear down and set up and tear down. But I hear the Lord say, you're not going to have to set up camp every time and tear down camp every time. You're going to be able to let the glory cloud rest because the place where I'm sending you is my glory is going to rest. My cloud's going to rest. And it's going to be like a place, like a, like a, like a fire by night and a, and a cloud by day. And people are going to be drawn there. And I see even like late night meetings where like people are going to come off the streets where you're not even going to start church at a normal time. You're going to have like, we're going to have a night, a crazy night. We're going to start church at midnight and we're going to go through the night. There's going to be a fire by night services. And, and I see young people coming off the streets. I see like people coming off almost like you go into the into places. I don't even know where around where you live, but I can see like meth place, meth methane amphetamines and people in drugs, people in, in raves, and you see you drawing them out. You say, we're going to have a Jesus rave, and we're going to have a Jesus ecstasy party. We're going to have a Jesus Jesus uh, dance, dance club. So God, I thank you not just for a church, but I thank you for a Jesus dance club. I thank you for a Jesus party club. I thank you. That's like, this is crazy. I hear like, like a DJ, and I hear like beating music, and I see lights going on everywhere. It's like a discotheque. And I'm like, man, my head hurts even just looking at that. Man, I'm over 40. I can't go into a place like that, but you can do it. And God's going to give you, he's going to give you the ones that nobody wants. Ones. Some people are going to say, no, you have to go after the people that have the resources. You have to go after the people that have the money. If you go with those young people, you're not going to have any money. That's okay. You have souls. That's worth much more. Don't go for the money. You, I'll support your work, says God. I'll support your work. And God's going to raise up somebody that has a heart for you. They might, they might even go to your church and say, I, you know, I really can't deal with you guys, but I want to support what you do. I don't feel like I, I can't go in there because I got to put like, like stuff in my ears because I can't hear it, but, but I'm going to bless what you do. And God's going to raise up supporters that are going to bless you. And I see like a, 
I see like a basement, like you've been hidden in the basement. God's bringing you out from hiddenness. Just like Moses was in that cave, God's bringing you out from hiddenness. And he's putting you right on the street level. He's putting you right on the street level. And I see like a sign coming over you. And I hear God say that he's going to make you like a sign and a wonder. Like, like there's like a traffic circle or something around you. The people are going to circle around and say, I've never seen that place before. And people that have driven by and not noticed you before are going to notice you because God's putting his fire on that place. He's putting his cloud on that place. So God, I thank you right now. I thank you right now in Jesus' name. And God's going to send you like a lot of musicians. I just hear like a lot of musicians. Like some people are going to say, man, you got more musicians than you need. Send us some of your way. You're going to have, because God's giving you a lot of uh, musicians and he's going to give you even a sound studio and there's going to be worship and there's going to be sounds that are going to come out of there that are going to be unique and they're going to be unusual because he's going to send you like an unusual amount of musicians and, and, and instruments and, and it's all, there's going to be the sounds of the nations they're going to come out of there. It's going to be the sounds of the nations because God's going to give you a church for all nations. It's not just going to be native people. It's going to be like different ethnic groups going to be drawn there. I see a lot of Asians going to be coming to you. And God's going to draw people from different parts of Asia, Korean, Vietnamese, and things like that. God's going to draw multicultural church around you because God's given you, He's called you to be a father, not just to the nation, but to many nations. Because you've honored your fathers and your mothers in the past and those that were supposed to be spiritual fathers to you. It's like you dealt with some things like like David had to deal with Saul throwing spears at him and he didn't take it and chuck it back at him. But you waited until it was your time like David waited. He didn't touch the anointing. He didn't cut the clip. He didn't clip the edge of his robe off. He didn't take him out when he could have taken him out. And it was like you could have taken over for something. Almost like you were the successor and you could have taken it over. But God says, I didn't want you to make you a successor. I wanted to make you a success. I wanted to make you a success. Because I didn't want you just to have a copy of something. Because Aaron didn't stay in the cave. Aaron didn't go to heaven. And he went down to earth and he stated from earth's perspective he built a golden calf and that's what you would have done if you would have stepped out of the glory you would have just built a copy of something else it would have been just like a golden calf but now God says I'm going to give you a pattern for how to do church that no one's ever seen before I'm going to give you a new way of doing church and people are going to even I hear God say there's some people that are going to want to come and, and be part of it. You're just going to have to say, you know what? No, we, we don't want you to come with your ideas. Just come. If you want to come, you can come. But you're not going to be begging people to come. God's going to draw people to you because it's a place where he's going to be lifted up. So God, I thank you right now for the fire by night and the cloud by day. And I thank you right now for keys coming into their hands, God. Lord, for the universities, for college students, for, 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 for the streets. I thank you for keys, Lord, for buildings. God, I thank you for keys. And God's going to give you even like a residential home where I see women coming off the streets and prostitutes coming off the streets. And I see them coming out of jail. And I see them coming to a place where they don't even have a place to live. And God's going to give you like apartment buildings and flats where people can stay. Where you're going to restore you're going to restore people's lives because God's given you the keys, not just to places, but he's given you the keys to people's hearts. So God, I thank you right now. The city is going to even see what you're doing and say, we want to come alongside of you and do something for you. They're going to say, we got this abandoned property. If you can do something with it, you can just have it and you can restore it. And you're going to restore those, those broken down places. You're going to restore the age old foundation. And I see you like taking a place filled with graffiti and just covering it with his glory. So God, I thank you in Jesus name. Come on, give God a shout. Right now, I thank you for keys right now in Jesus' name. Powerful word. Um, 
I just want you to know as well, when we hear words like that that are spoken, that's your word. As, as part, you might say, I think I'm part of that bit there. Not necessarily the whole, but it's like, I, yes, that's my heart. Just take it on board as well. It's a, it's a corporate word for us. But uh, So literally two years to the day that I received that prophetic word, we got given keys to the first building that we had in Quinana. Yeah. So there's a, there's a photo of um, where we were at that time. So that was our... There's a, that's, so that's me, the cool guy with the white glasses, and that's uh, baby Abigail and Lisa's belly, so, uh, so, so that, was our, that was our church at that time, God gives us this, uh, this property, so we spent a few uh, glorious, wonderful years uh, renovating that space um, for our community, as well as, as digging a really deep well of worship, that was where God uh, really taught us um, how to how to press in, how to how to lean into that space, uh, what intimacy with Him looked like in the in the kind of corporate uh, setting. And it was a beautiful thing. We hosted uh, a larger house training schools and saw heaps of prayer ministers uh, raised up uh, in that place, and so it was amazing. Um, so lots of good. I, can't tell you all the wonderful things um, in that time, but uh, in 2016, we hosted a conference with a guy called Ryan Lestrange uh, from the US. It was an amazing conference, epic, powerful, wonderful, um, but it was actually after I had dropped uh, Ryan and his wife, uh, Joy, off at the airport, and I was driving back, and, uh, and God said to me, you need to take on a regional mandate. So there's been two times where I felt as close to what I would consider the audible voice of God. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this like, oh, I hear this all the time. The first time was when I was in, on Oxford Street in Leaderville. God said, I've given you an apostolic anointing. Like it took my breath away kind of word. Didn't know what it meant, but you steward it. Uh, and this was the second time that God had spoken to me. Again, didn't know what he meant, but you steward it. It's uh, kind of what you do sometimes when God speaks. Um, but he said, you need to take on a regional mandate. Um, but I went and I shared it with the team. And uh, the next weekend, we had visitors come along to our church. I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is new. Uh, again, we didn't really advertise. Not many people knew who we were and, or where we were. And so we have this kind of bunch of visitors rock up and go, oh, that's, that's lovely. And, uh, and then the same thing happened the following week. Just kind of more, just a handful of people kind of rocked up and visited and they loved it and wanted to connect in. And then the next week it happened, next week it happened. And so within about two months, we doubled in size. Uh, we hadn't done anything different, but... We got this word, you need to take on a regional mandate, and then all of a sudden, this expansion happens. Majority of those people had come from Mandra. Yeah, hallelujah, Mandra people. Wonderful. But it was a clear sense that God was confirming this word, this regional mandate. Within two months, it's like flood in from that, that southern region down into Mandra. And we, we knew, okay, this is, this is part of the mandate. It's this Quinana, Rockingham, Mandra, this kind of southern uh, region region. Uh, that God has called us to steward. It meant a shift in our perspective to think and focus wider than just the city that we're in. So early on, it was like God has planted us in Quinana, and I would tell people, you want to be part of Paris, move to Quinana. Like, come and be present in this place. And, and people did. They, they uprooted their lives and, and, and came down to, to really press into what we were doing. And then God shifts things as he does. The last time I checked, he was God, and he can do whatever he wants. And when you're yielded to him, he does whatever he wants. 
and you obey. And so that's kind of what had happened. It's like, okay, Lord, we've got this bigger thing to steward now. And uh, God led us on a number of intercessory assignments. You've probably heard these stories in the past, but just clearly God's saying, okay, this is happening. I need you to pray. I need you to cover stuff. We, we prayed into reconciliation, particularly in manager between young adults and parents. At these powerful God-led encounters and really dealing with kind of principalities and powers, that higher level warfare. You might not be into spiritual warfare stuff, but I want to tell you it's there. Ephesians 6 clearly outlines that's where the battleground is primarily, and, and God kind of led us into that. Uh, it's how we connected with Jennifer Evaz because we knew, okay, we need to learn what it is to be intercessors and to carry and steward this, and so it all kind of happened in that season. So since that time, we've continued to cover the region of, of Quinana, Rockingham, Mandra in prayer. This is what's needed. You need to have ground, ground warfare and air warfare. If you try and go into a place and the principalities and powers are running rampant, it's very hard then to minister in those places. Even in Quinana, people would tell me and they would call it, it was called the pastor's graveyard. Because be, yeah, people will come in, they'll try a plan, and it just doesn't work. It just, you come in, and, and so you've got to know there's a high level of warfare you've got to deal with than just being present on the ground. So fast forward, 2017. Um, so we had uh, done a lot with the larger house. Amy had become a school leader, so she, then we could facilitate schools in our community. And as part of that, Amy got invited to go to an international gathering of a larger house prayer ministers in the Philippines. When she was there, uh, God kind of began to download this transformation center thing. So having encounters with God, he's downloading all this stuff. She kind of mentioned some stuff to Lisa and I while she was away. When she came back, she, she kind of debriefed on what she felt like the Lord was saying. And it was all about this place of transformation, a place where people can come and, and stay and, and be immersed and be raised up as ones who can help others to be transformed. And uh, she's sharing this with us. And then I remembered, oh, received a prophetic word from a guy called Gary Morgan. Uh, some of you may know him. He's based on the, on the East Coast in Melbourne. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, he, was, he prophesied over me about a transformation center. Uh, you know, sometimes you get a word and you record it and you file it away, and, and I knew it was there. And then I was like, and I, I also know there's this property in Baldivis that would be amazing for what you're talking about. And, uh, but thought, oh, you know, that's, that's great. So we went out for lunch. Alicia and I were heading to the U.S. Uh, the next day and... Um, and I was like, well, let's just drop by this property and kind of check it out. And so, so we did. Um, so we came past here and, uh, and we just, um, yeah, kind of looked around on the land, prayed over the land. I remember standing up near the chapel and I just did, I'm not, I didn't grow up in the church, so I can't say I'm Pentecostal in that way, but I laid hands on the ground and I claimed it. I did a name and claim it, baby. And uh, I was like, Lord, if you want it, like, we'll have it. And so... Um, because a lot of the property just wasn't really being used. So uh, we, yeah, we went to, uh, we came here on this, on this land and uh, got the number of the pastor, the guy who was leading the Salvation Army Church that was here and uh, called him up the next day and, uh, and I said, hey, what, what are your plans with, uh, with this property? And he's like, well, actually, we've just been discussing, we're about to put it on the market. So I said, yes, Lord. Um, so I just want to play now this Gary Morgan word. Um, I, just, I just find it's, it's really helpful to, to know. Again, this is someone who didn't really know me. I'd met him through, a, through another guy over on the East Coast. He happened to be here. I was like, hey, can we catch up and have breakfast? He's like, yep. And just, he was the kind of person in the middle of breakfast said, hey, I've got a word for you. And so I'd rip out my phone and, uh, and this is what he shared. 
And the word I heard was transformation center. And I feel like it's a transformation center where, where people are going to come to be not just informed, but transformed. And I see you utilizing your building Monday to Saturday. That's really going to be an expression of a Sunday. And, and I see literally transformation center. And it's, it's literally going to be something that's going to be literally through the week of different times. And I, I see appointments being made where people come in. For, for prophetic ministry, for, for counseling. And I feel like there's rooms within your building and I see well, I see rooms being developed that are that are colorful, that have state-of-the-art sound stuff in them, that's that's causing environments for transformation. And I feel like God's gonna literally empower the people that's with you. And it's gonna be like David and his mighty men and women. But the Lord's given you people that you you've wondered why have I got such a caliber of leaders? But yet we haven't got much of an outworking. But the Lord says it's been a three-stage thing that you've been in. It's It's been a planting. It's been a growing. And now it's a fruiting time. And it's going to be assigned to you because there's a planting that's happened either close to you or close to the church that you're going to start to see fruit on. And I see like lemons and I see like uh, different trees bearing fruit. But it's going to be assigned to you that the season has come to start bearing fruit in that area. That one cuts out. There was other things that he shared that were a bit more personal for me or, or for Lisa. But, uh, but again, clear. God's like gives the word. He confirms the word. It's uh, he, and so we're like, okay, Lord. Well, we've got to be obedient. Uh, we were just we were about to sign some documentation to kind of renovate the building that we're in in Quinana because we'd kind of maxed out this space. And even in that time, it it had kind of started to this weird thing where I was like, ah, oh, just doesn't feel right and there was delays and even getting this document signed and I was like I just don't know something's we want to yes we're ready to go but it was just kind of pushed back and it was I think to do with with obviously with this like if we'd signed and invested we might have thought differently about what we were doing but again after another series of incredible miraculous connections and conversations and provision we ended up here so we we offered less money than other people um, and and yet the vision, like the Salvation Army heard the vision. I got connected in with someone who kind of makes the decisions about who we get. Just all, just all crazy, incredible, miraculous stuff. The provision that came in for the people who purchased the property, all of that was just line up after line up after line up. Fleeces being put out, confirmation being had, all of that sort of stuff. Again, crazy, miraculous things. And, and, but for us, it's just we're yielded to you, Lord. Whatever you want, we'll, we'll go where you're going. We'll do what you want us to do. And the shift from Kunana to Rockingham was, was big for our community. We knew that God was calling us to step out again and trust him, but it came with a huge cost. I know some people might look at this and think, oh, wow, like, oh, look at all this land. This is wonderful and it's great. You must be like, oh, this is so awesome. And it's like, it is, and yet it's just a huge thing to steward as well. So there's all of the costs that come comes along with it. Um, and for us, in a big way, it came with a bit of a loss of our local identity as well. We were Paradox Church Quinana, and now we're in another city. We had one building to look after, and now we've got 12 that all needed like significant renovations to even be usable. God had expanded our tent, and it came with a whole lot of stretching. 
a whole lot of costs. And in that transition time, we continued to steward the region in prayer. We had a lot of prayer happening on site. And we focused a lot of energy into creating the spaces required to house the work that God wanted us to do on the land. I've got a couple of photos of us uh, when we first kind of came on the land. So that's us. We met up in the chapel. Uh, That was kind of the first space. We'll just get something ready that we can meet in. Uh, There's just a couple of others in the next two slides that I just wanted to, for some of you who are new, this is is literally looking at this back wall. That's what we moved into. And uh, so we stripped out the ceiling, all the flooring. Like it was was a huge, huge job. Uh, Next one. Uh, so this is us with the blank slate. That's me up on a scaffold spray painting the roof. Uh, that was good fun. Uh, and the next one. Ah, this is the ladies' ablution block. Yeah, just say thank you. You're welcome. It was one of those places like you go, oh, you could film a really good horror movie in this. Uh, is literally what it was. Um, But uh, so thankful that it's been uh, radically transformed into a much more beautiful space. Uh, But again, that was that was years and uh, and small team of people. We still weren't this kind of massive community, but uh, very thankful for uh, for all the people who poured in, especially Kev, who's just been a a a pillar in so many ways. Have you learned a few things over the last few years, Kev? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You came with a whole raft of knowledge and then you realise, well, you would need to learn new things, but, uh, but here we are. Uh, so in, in 2021, then through another whole uh, journey of, uh, of connections and prophetic confirmations in God's providence, he connected uh, Greg and I and, uh, and then uh, City Rise Church. And again, I won't tell the whole story, but, uh, but they ended up kind of joining in with Paradox. And with that, we received a, a bunch of Three particularly wonderful families, uh, but also two incredible charities that have been operating in uh, the city of Quinana, uh, the city of Rockingham, for a number of years in, in Seoul and the crew. So Lilia Haven is under the kind of charity of Seoul, and then we have the crew uh, in Rockingham, which is our uh, welfare kind of outreach, emergency food relief, homeless support uh, ministry in the centre of Rockingham. This was God's provision of the right people with the right heart to awaken again a tangible love for the city that we were now in. And we realised a few years ago, yeah, well, like we, we lost some of that kind of local identity, that local intentionality, that local focus. Um, but I want you to know when, you are, when you're building, when you're pastoring a community, when you're renovating a 10-acre property um, and, uh, and raising a family and building a house and all of those things, sometimes it, it just, you can't do everything. <laughs> but God knew and God was preparing outside of us, this work. And even, uh, you know, Greg's had prophetic words and just this alignment that God was doing, almost like uh, two groups traveling side by side and then he merges this beautifully together. And so we're so thankful for God's uh, provision in that. Um, But what I'll be sharing over the next uh, few weeks, or the team will be, um, are the particular areas that God is wanting to have us focus in on, highlighting particular things that he wants to do. Now, again, it's not new stuff. Uh, It's not new things for our community or even new concepts biblically. Um, It feels like over the last 14 years, God has 
added a whole lot of ingredients into the recipe that he calls Paradox Church. And there's a sense that God is simmering down all of those ingredients to to clarify who we are and clarify what he has called us to do in this next season. Even in that word from Gary Morgan, there was a, a planting season, a growing season, and a fruiting season. And it feels like we're coming into a fruiting season. There's been a lot of investment in the soil. There's been a lot of nurturing uh, this thing that's growing. And now God's wanting to to bloom that into a greater measure. He's sharpening our vision that we can see what he sees. He's clarifying the calling that he has for us. And I'm really excited for the different members of of our apostolic eldership to be sharing with you. Uh, these particular areas and some strategies around how God, how we believe God is going to fulfill that, how we can partner in uh, on those things. So it's been an amazing journey so far. I don't want to quote someone that you've heard before, but the best is yet to come. Amen. Um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be glorious. But I'm excited. God has continued to provide for us miraculously, and we trust that he'll continue to do stuff. Um, we've got some exciting things already uh, in the plan, uh, but a big part of this, we just want to stay yielded. We don't want to come up with good ideas. We don't want to just run through every open door that's there. We don't want to get ahead of God, but we just want to stay in that place of obedience, stay in that place of yieldedness, like, God, we're not we haven't got so smart that we don't need God's input and wisdom. It's like, no, we, we stay as fools before the Lord, uh, dependent upon his wisdom, dependent upon his leading and his guiding. And, uh, and we trust that it will continue to be a, a core part of the DNA of our community. But uh, I just wanted to finish by, by us all kind of praying and agreeing uh, with some of these words from Isaiah 58. Um, so if you're, if you're able to stand, I'd love for you to stand uh, with me. You know, the beautiful thing about when we, when we receive prophetic words is that we know this is what God's doing, <laughs> that our job is partnership. Our job is just to come into agreement uh, with God. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just rejoice, Lord, in the season that has gone before. We rejoice, Lord, in all of the ways that you have led us up to this point, God. That you've been faithful to us, Lord, so faithful in so many ways. In every way, as a good father, you've been faithful to us, Lord. And we've done our best to be faithful to you, Lord. Just to trust you when you lead us out into new places, Lord. When you take us on new adventures, Lord. And it can be scary. It can be stretching. But Father, where else would we want to be apart from where you are? We know Jesus, that's what you said. I I only do what I see the Father doing. And we, we want to be like you, Jesus. We just want to do what we see you doing and give our yes to that. And we know, Lord, that your ways are not our ways, Lord. 
Your ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes your ways are upside down to the world's ways, Lord. But we want to trust in your ways, God. We want to trust what you've already spoken in your word. And, and Father, for, for so many years of our church, with this word from Isaiah 58 has, has stood out for, to know that as we, as we seek the welfare of the least of these, Lord, that you'll provide all of the things that we need, Lord, but you'll also do a, a greater and a more glorious work. Father, as you call us to, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke, Lord, we say, yes, God. Would you use us, Lord, to break every yoke, Lord, to let the oppressed go free in Jesus' Name, Lord, that we would be praying into that, Lord, over our city, that we'd be have, carrying an expectation that we would meet people at the, at the local shopping centre and that, that opportunity would awaken and we would see yokes being broken, Lord. We'd see lives transformed, Father. Lord, through Lilia Haven, through the crew, through the other ventures that You take us on, Lord, but also just in our everyday life, Lord, that we would love the broken, that we would love the least of these that you com as You commanded us to, Lord. Father, that we would share our bread with the hungry, that we would invite the homeless poor into our homes, that we would cover the naked, that we would not hide ourselves from our own people, the people that we live amongst, Lord. And as we do that, God, we know as Your Word promises that Your light will break forth like the dawn that Your healing shall spring up speedily. Lord, that righteousness will go before us and Your glory will come behind us, Lord. That we'll be protected and covered by Your glory, Lord, as we go and walk out Your nature in the world, Jesus. In that time, Lord, we will call and You will answer. We will cry and You will say, here I am, Lord. But it comes at the cost of pouring ourselves out for the hungry, of satisfying the desire of the afflicted. And in that time, Lord, we'll see Your light rise in the darkness, Lord. And gloom will be as the noonday, Lord, where there is darkness in our city, Lord, where there is darkness even over this region, Lord, we will see Your light come. It'll break forth, Lord. Your glorious light will come, Jesus. Your glory will flood the earth, Lord. And we thank You, Lord, that You will guide us continually, that You will satisfy our desire in scorched places, Lord, that You will make our bones strong, Lord, that we will become like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail, Lord. We thank You for the wellspring continuing to bubble up out of this place, Lord, that we corporately as a community, as a church, but also individually, Lord, will become that wellspring that pours out life, Lord, to other people. And we thank You, Lord, that You will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the foundations of many generations, Lord, and that the world will look to the church and say, You have repaired 
the breach. You have restored the streets to dwell in, Lord. We thank You for tangible transformation in this city, Lord. We thank You for tangible transformation in people's lives, Lord. Not a bless you as you go your way, but come meet with the Lord. Come and be transformed by the very presence of God because God is here and God loves you and God wants to see your life radically transformed. But You're calling us in, Lord, and I say yes. I say yes. I say yes, Jesus. I say yes, Jesus. I say yes to You, Lord. We trust You, God, that You will lead us, Lord, that You'll be with us, God. But where it's hard, Lord, we choose You. Where it's costly, we say yes. Where it strips things away from us, we say yes. Where it requires our own transformation in order to become a transformer of others, we say yes. We say yes with our time. We say yes with our finances. We say yes with our energy. We say yes in our prayer life. We say yes in our devotion to You and to what You've called us to. Thank You, Jesus, for Your goodness, Lord. We say yes, we say yes, we say yes. Thank You, Lord. And we thank You, Father, You're raising up a mighty army here, Lord. And You're teaching us what it is, not just to be a family, Lord, but to be an army, Lord. Not just to be the, the oikos of God, but also the ecclesia of God, Lord. That You are sending us out into the world to be ambassadors for Your Kingdom, Jesus. And we say yes. We say yes. You're such a good Father to us. We trust You. We love You and we bless You. And we thank You, Lord, that You'll provide everything that we need. We say yes.